here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome to Gambling with Gold, episode 13. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how are we doing on this Friday? Doing great, dude. Uh, coming off a decent Thursday night game here between the NFC East teams. Uh, I was actually surprised. I know we talked about handicapping that one. We thought it was going to be a snooze fest, but it actually wound up being pretty entertaining considering t- Taylor Heineke became like the new thing. So, uh, but other than that, man, excited to get into football this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Last night was really fun. I was very surprised by the amount of scoring, the lack of defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daniel Daniel Jones looked good. Saquon didn't look so good. Heineke looked very solid against a good Giants defense or what we think might be a good Giants defense eventually. The throw that he made to Ricky Seals-Jones was like, Dude. He, looked like ben, he looked like Ben Roethlisberger in the Super Bowl to San Antonio Holmes. Like, <laughs> right. that, that pass was insane. It was. I mean, he made a play out of nothing, and I was like, where, I thought he was throwing it away, and I was like, wait, Ricky Sealy Jones in the back of the Steel Jones in the back of the end zone. It's like wow, that was a that was a great play. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, the ending with the field goal and the offside. I mean, just absolutely classic for a Thursday night. We said it would classic be gross. Giants. Right. We definitely <laughs> said it would be gross, and it definitely ended up being gross. But it seems like right. a lot of these, uh, at least the two Thursday night games, and the one Monday night game, have been insane. Hopefully, we keep seeing stuff like this uh, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, but I said that's the first two consecutive good games I remember seeing on Thursday Night Football in a minute. So let's keep the momentum up. All right. Let's move on to our top five against the spread picks this week for week two. We did this last week. A little bit of a mixed bag. We definitely won on some that we love, like the Houston Texans money line, Pittsburgh money line. Those were great ones. We also lost on some. We both thought that uh, Arizona would come out flat. We lost a bundle (laughs) on that one. Hopefully we make it back on that one. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we make it back a little bit this week. Before we get to that, just want to say, uh, follow us on Instagram at Champions Round. We are doing another giveaway, giving away an Aaron Jones jersey and a DeAndre Swift jersey for Monday Night Football. All you have to do is subscribe to this podcast. DM us on Champions Round saying that you're subscribed and you are automatically in to win those two jerseys. We will announce it next Thursday. So go ahead and do that. Now let's jump into our top five. Dan, you want to kick us off with your number one? Yeah, man, we'll start off with the Bird Gang. I'm taking the Eagles plus three, get that minus 105. But I, I was fortunate I was able to get this at four points um, earlier in the week. So we see that steadily closing in here. But uh, I would also just, if you if you don't want to take the points, take the money line at plus 142. I think that's still really good value considering that, um, you know, San Francisco is going to be missing some key defensive players on, their, that, on that side of the ball. Um, we have Jason Ver- Verrett. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. And then uh, Greenlaw is also going to be out there. Their linebacker is going to be missing four to six weeks. And then Javon Kinlaw is also questionable to play. So, you know, coming off of a, um, you know, a solid, a solid win over the Detroit Lions, that actually was a lot closer than people imagined. I think that the, uh, the 49ers are going to come into Philly with a little bit more of a tougher matchup. I think the Eagles are going to be a way more competitive team. We've got a glimpse of what this offense and defense could be. And, um, you know, with 66 of the bets, the bets coming in for San Francisco, I, I'm taking the the, uh, the Eagles here with 75% of the sharp money coming in on the birds. I think this is a great spot for them to go 2-0 and um, against a team that is still trying to uh, find their identity after losing Raheem Mostert, even though it's next man up. I think that offense is going to struggle a little bit more. Jimmy Garoppolo had probably the game of his life, at least of the last recent memory. 
Um, so I think that they're going to find a good way to contain Debo, Debo Samuel. Uh, we don't know what we're going to get out of Brandon Ayuk on offense. So with so many issues on defense, this is a good spot for the Eagles to take them on the money line. Hey, and not even a Hubbard pick. I think that's just a good, genuine analysis about what's going to happen in that Philly game. And I agree with you. I think this is a really bad spot for San Francisco. Uh, and I think it's a great spot for Philly. We'll see if they're for real. We talked yeah. about on, on the Tuesday podcast how much we like Nick Sirianni or what he brought in the first game. And right. I think that is something that we're going to see again. So I would be tempted to bet Philly. I think that I got it earlier in the week at three and a half. I put a little bit on it because I was afraid I was going to lose that hook. That turned out to be right. Good call. But we're we're in a couple contests over here, and uh, I'm staring down at Philly plus three, and I think that might end up in one of them. So I, I still like it three, but you're right. If you're going to play it at three, you might as well sprinkle a little bit on the money line too. So I'm with you there. Uh, my number one, I've talked about it all week on every podcast that we've done. Pittsburgh minus five and a half, minus six, doesn't really matter. I think they're going to come out and absolutely smoke the Raiders. This is a historical spot for the Raiders to lose here against the spread. I believe it's 29% Monday night overtime and then having to fly east on a short week in the morning. Like basically no one covers in the spot. And it's not like there's a ton of uh, sample size here, but I think that Pittsburgh coming off of that win against Buffalo, they didn't even really play that well. Their defense played well. Their offense didn't. Right. I think there's a great spot for them. Josh Jacobs is out. Everything's going against the Raiders. Emotional high. I think there's an absolute smash spot for Pittsburgh. I think that they're going to win like 27 to 10. Yeah, I'm. this is actually my second play here. So okay. I'm, I'm obviously tailing you here. Um, I think for all the, the, the points that you just made, Really just it's stacking the deck against the the Raiders right now. Going cross country, losing Josh Jacobs. Um, we don't know what we're going to really see here. Derek Carr continues to play really solid, but I don't think that's going to be enough to hold up against a very good Pittsburgh defense that really made Josh Allen look pretty normal. So, um, yeah, I really like this spot for the Steelers. I would play this up to minus six and a half. All right. What's your, uh, what's your number three? Let's move on to number three since you yeah. jumped on number two over there. Yes, sir. So I'm taking the Patriots minus six over the New York Gi the New York Jets. Excuse me. Um, now the Jets are coming in seven, eighteen, and one eight against the spread in their last twenty six in September. They're also five and fourteen against the spread against uh, the AFC East in their last nineteen games. So uh, the Pats they won four straight against New York by an average margin of fourteen points. And let's be honest here, this is Bill Belichick going up against the Jets. Um, he just has a long storied history of dominating them. We did see the Patriots struggle a little bit with the Miami pass rush last week. They surrendered six sacks. The Jets, they don't really bring that much of a formidable uh, defensive front. So I think that this is going to be a nice bounce back opportunity for the New England Patriots. At six points, I think this is a good number. Um, wouldn't be surprised if it maybe creeped up to six and a half. So uh, at six, you know, I think we're going to probably get a, a touchdown victory here, if not more, just given how the, the past history of the Patriots' success against the New York Jets. Not only that, but Bill, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, especially early in the season, I mean, he's just going to destroy them. So I wouldn't right. be surprised to see a big win uh, for the Patriots here in Mac Jones. So let me knock off two of these. Uh, Cleveland minus 12.5 against Houston. This is all a play on. I think this line's way too low. It should be over two touchdowns. I think Cleveland's going to run all over uh, Houston here. And I actually have a, a player prop that kind of goes aside this. Uh, Baker Mayfield under 263 and a half passing yards, just because I think they're going to run the ball. They're not going to need him. He might sit the fourth quarter, get a little Game Case trip. Keenum action. And yeah, uh, Case Keenum comes in there. I think that Cleveland's going to win, I don't know, like 34, 17, 34, 13, something like that. They'll rush for a lot. 
And, you know, this Houston team, they showed out great, but against, it was against a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, at home, as dogs. It's a great spot for them. This, going to Cleveland, coming off of a loss to Kansas City, angry, need a win in that division. I think this is just an absolute smash spot for Cleveland. So they're my number two pick. My number three, and this is where it gets ugly. We took two favorites to start off, and now it's going to get gross. So let's start off the grossness with Atlanta, plus 12 and a half. I actually bet this early in the week. I saw plus 14 at minus 130. 12 and a half, I still like it. Remember, this is in division against a team that they're familiar with. At least the players are. I'm not sure how familiar Arthur Smith is. I think that Tampa Bay is a team that will let its foot off the gas. I do not think Atlanta is as bad as they were last week against the Eagles. I think that Arthur Smith is a good enough coach to recognize his mistakes and correct them in one week. And I think that this is a matchup, especially given Tampa Bay's issues uh, in the defensive secondary, that perhaps Atlanta can take advantage of. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm saying the back door will be wide open. If they're down 17 in the fourth quarter, you don't think Matt Ryan can get this to 10? So that's kind of my play here. Give me Atlanta plus 12 and a half. That's an interesting game script. And I this game is a pass for me because the value is certainly on Atlanta at, at 12 and a half. But uh, yeah, I think that the most of the, the the money that I see coming in is coming towards the Bucks at 76%. Um, you know, this line did move quite a bit from open, you know, by three points. So you're definitely getting the value on the Falcon side of it. I just don't know if I want to bank on uh, regression in the Bucks or Atlanta finally waking up and playing better football than they did after only put up six points in the home opener against the Eagles. So um, the value is certainly there for the Falcons. So I like the bet there just strictly off of that alone. My biggest concern about betting this game is that Tampa Bay has not played in 10 days. They had Thursday. They have extra rest. They've had more time. I don't know how much you need to prepare for Atlanta, but it is a new coach. So sure. They do go see their schemes. That's the biggest worry here. But I think that number for in the division, like I, what was this number last week if before the season started? The, this line would have been like seven and a half, eight. So right. I'm getting four, yeah. four and a half points of value based on one game that was played. They're like This seems like a classic overreaction to me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's why, I mean, 12 and a half is just a very big number for an individual, a, a divisional matchup, um, no matter who the, the opponents are, so. Um, I, I totally agree with you there. I just can't. I'm not. Be, I'm not betting on it. Just like I'm just totally fair. Totally fair. It is gross. It is gross. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah. move over to your uh, your four and five over here. Yeah, I wish I was going more um, more contrarian here, but you know, I'm going the Rams minus three and a half over the Colts, and uh, pretty much just because I just don't have a lot of faith in what the Colt, what I saw out of the Colts in the first game against the Seahawks. Their offensive line, we already see Carson Wentz having to scramble out of a lot of bad situations. And this Rams front seven is just beastly. It's one of the tops in the league. I think that they're going to make hell for Carson Wentz and that backfield all day. Um, and then the over has actually gone – the over in this matchup against the, the Rams and the Colts have gone over in their last five matchups. However, the favorites 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five, and the Rams are 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five as a favorite. Um, I think that they're, this is just a signal to me. 68% of the bets are on the Rams, only 53% on the Colts. So uh, I guess Sharps are seeing some value in that three and a half. But um, all around, I think the Rams are just a better team. So I'm going to ride with them to win this one, um, minus three and a half. All right. What's your, uh, what's your fifth one? Fifth one, I'm going to go with the Chargers, minus three and a half over the Cowboys. And I was really – I just literally placed this bet before we got on. 
because I was waiting for, I guess, some additional news on what's going to happen with Dallas. And we got it yesterday with Demarcus Lawrence being out for uh, a while with a broken foot. And then you have Randy Gregory, who's just been ruled. Uh, I think uh, Mike McCarthy just said he's he's probably going to be out. As much as I would love to see a bounce back for Dallas um, in terms of like them coming off a great first outing against Tampa Bay, really exceeding expectations and, and, and coming out and, and covering the spread here. This is just going to be tough sledding, man. Going across to uh, to face LA, high octane offense, but their defense just doesn't have a lot to be desired. And I believe in the Chargers, man. We, we talked about it a lot. You're also a firm believer in the Chargers, um, but the Cowboys one and four against the spread in their last five against the Chargers, and you know 80 percent of the bets are coming in on the Chargers. So I got to lean with the Sharps here. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if this is a shootout, but the Chargers give me them at, at minus three and a half. Yeah, so I, I bet the Chargers earlier in the week before the injury to Lawrence, uh, minus two and a half. And I I think this game's going to be close and well-played and tighter than we probably think it is. I think it'll probably be lower scoring than we anticipate. I think that everybody is expecting absolute fireworks, a 70-point game. I, I like right. the under 55 and a half, actually. It, this opened at 50, which seems that seemed really low to me. It shot up to 55 and a half, so I'll take the under on that. Um I like the Chargers side. I like the Chargers team. I do think that Staley is already an advantage over Mike McCarthy, so they have the coaching advantage here. Right. Uh, I think the first game at home, I know people say that, oh, like there's going to be no Chargers fans. I went to the Chargers practice at SoFi Stadium. There's like 45,000 fans, but like I don't think that this is going to be <laughs> fully Dallas. People think this is going to be like 90% Dallas fans. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there will be great energy in that stadium. Uh, and I look, I, I'm a Herbert Stan, so let me let me get with my guy for a little bit. He's gonna sling it all over the place against this Dallas defense, dude. That's and that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't see what Dallas can really do. Like, Washington was a really good defense. Uh, well, it doesn't really look like it through their first two games yeah. of the season, but they have the talent there to be effective. And I just don't see what Dallas can really do to stop Herbert and that offense. And you know, 57% of the public bets are on the Cowboys, and I'm just wondering what. I mean, this is general public. Maybe this is just that everyone loving Dallas still, but I, I see the value on the Chargers side. I, I think that people saw what Dallas did to Tampa Bay defensively, and they're like, oh, Dallas defense is better than we thought. No, they got lucky and forced <laughs> turnovers. And every right. turnover that they forced was in, like, good locations on the field. So it, it just yeah. ended up working out well for them. I if mean, they Ronald, don't Jones, have like, Ronald Jones always fumbles. So, like, that was the guy that's going to turn it over, right? And. You know, and obviously Tom Brady's his his only interception was when you know G, um, Lenny Fournette dropped the ball. So you yeah, know. and then Godwin's about to score the touchdown, and he fumbles into the end zone too. So true, they right, got right. they got really lucky. They got with the very stuff. convenient turnovers. Yeah, exactly. So I think their their defense is worse than probably the public imagines it is. And I do think that the Chargers' offense, the way that Joe Lombardi has built this, and kind of Herbert's mo is not to be super dangerous with the ball. I don't think that they're going to put the ball in harm's way a whole lot in this game. So I, that's kind of why I lean the under two. But I also think that that's why the Chargers are in an advantageous spot here. Three and a half, a little dicey losing the hook there. It's dicey. I probably want to it's buy dicey. it to three. But anyways, I, I think the Chargers are probably the right side here. I'll move on to – I have three, actually. I want you to make the decision for me which one I'm cutting out here, all right? All right, Let's so Jacksonville plus six and a half, the ugliest game on the board. <laughs> Denver stayed out east, so that makes it – but they're in Florida. They have to deal with the humidity. Two straight games out east. This one's in the morning. 
that's an issue. Jacksonville looked so bad last week. I'm kind of buying like the regression bounce back stuff. Denver, I do not think is good is as good as they played against the Giants. Uh, so give me a plus six and a half in a game that you definitely shouldn't watch and please avert your eyes, but might end up making you some money here. Minnesota plus four, plus four and a half, plus three and a half is kind of in that range depending on what book you're looking at right now. This is the prime regression bounce back idea from week one to week two, right? You're selling the overreaction on Arizona. Minnesota didn't play well. They look lost against Cincinnati. They're traveling to Arizona. Okay, great. Give me four and a half points. I think that Minnesota can win this game outright. I'm still not a believer in Cliff. I know that we've praised Kyler Murray and everything that the Arizona Cardinals offense did against Tennessee, but I think that there's a little bit of a comeback coming here. So as long as this game is above three, I think that's probably where this will land is Arizona wins by three. So I'll take the four, four and a half there. And then the last one, Chicago minus one against Cincinnati. Like I just mentioned that Cincinnati played well, surprisingly, against Minnesota. Chicago got their ass beat by the Rams in L.A. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen? Chicago's going to end up winning this game. We're, we're, they're going to be okay like they thought we were going to be. And Cincinnati's going to be a below 500 team, which we thought they were going to be. So Chicago, I see minus one, minus one and a half on the board right now. I would take this up to two and a half. Even three, I think I would consider throwing it in on this. So those are my three. You got to take one out. Which one are you taking out? Oh, man, that's tough. And to be honest, man, I there's actually value in the Jaguars, man. Like <laughs> I this is this is this is funny. I'm actually going to throw out the Vikings and the Cardinals, mainly because I don't like what I'm seeing and hearing out of Vikings camp. And I don't know that this is a reflection of Kirk Cousins and their team, certain individuals decisions to uh, risk it by not getting vaccinated, but we, we've seen a lot of injuries on that defensive side. A lot of people sitting out of practice. Um, I didn't like what I saw in week one. And as you said, huge regression candidate um, to bounce back. But yeah, I think that Cardinals are going to beat them handedly. So I, I don't know that I want to take the Vikings by three and a half points here. Um, a lot of the money sitting on the Cardinals here for sharps. I'm going to trust them in that. And I'm going to, so I'm going to keep in the Jaguars. I like where your angle is on the Bears, actually. And uh, the final game was the – what was the other no, one? No, those were the three. You, no, you those, knocked those, out okay, the Vikings. Cool. You knocked out got the Vikings. Cool. All right, so my final five picks, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Chicago. Your five picks are? Eagles, Steelers, Patriots, Rams, and Chargers. All right. Uh, you have any other player props or anything else interesting that you want to uh, throw at the board? Uh, one player prop I have is Devin Singletary over eight and a half rushing attempts. They're going against the Dolphins where um, Damian Harris just rushed for 23 carries. I think we're going to see, you know, the, the Bills obviously had a stacked uh, deck yes, last week playing up against the Steelers. I don't think there's much uh, wiggle room for Devin Singletary to really get some action. But Zach Moss is going to be active, but I really think that this is still – we saw – that Zach Moss clearly wasn't ready to play in week one, that this is Devin Singletary's backfield right now. If there is a slight timeshare, I'm going to give the edge to Devin Singletary. I think he's going to see double-digit touches um, in the backfield. So I'm going to take the over here at minus 125. All right. I like that. Now let me throw some random crap against the board and see what sticks. <laughs> I like this game. D Dallas Chargers under 55, 55 and a half. We talked about that one already. Tennessee, Seattle, under 54. I think it will be much lower scoring. 
than people would expect with those two offenses. I think it'll be a control game. I actually kind of like Tennessee plus six a little bit, although last week definitely scared me, so I don't want to have them in my top five, but I think there's value there based on what happened last week. Detroit, Green Bay, over 48 and a half. This is going to keep happening with Green with uh, Detroit all year. That fourth quarter, man. If you can get just four, over fourth quarter points, just do it. It's going to be gross, <laughs> but you got to do it all year. Uh, player, <laughs> player props that I like. We talked about Baker Mayfield. Jared Goff over 255 and a half passing yards for the exact same reason I like the over. Fourth Blow quarter passing yards. Exactly. Kareem Hunt over 59 and a half total yards. I think that Blow Nick Chubb probably doesn't play in the fourth quarter and Hunt gets a lot of the positive games, game script there. Like Cordero Patterson under 35 and a half total yards. I do not think he will see the same usage as he saw last week. Yep. Last, we talked about this on the Tuesday show, but the potential for Dallas and Chargers to have some long completions and long touchdowns. So Dak mm. over 38 and a half longest completion, Herbert over 39 and a half yards longest completion. I'm going to take both. Hopefully they both hit, but I'm very confident that at least one of them will hit. Yeah. The Dak one's interesting because usually his big play guy is Michael Gallup and he's going to be out for the next five or six weeks. So curious to see if that's a, the CD lamb, a different version of CD lamb, or maybe we get no, Cedric Wilson, bro. Cedric Wilson. Oh, Ceddy. Said he getting that kind of work. I like it. Um, but yeah, I actually think your, your Corderell Patterson one is a really great handicap because uh, I think that's more of a flash in the pan. I think he was, we're going to see a lot more Mike Davis in a, I think in a, in a tough matchup, divisional matchup against the Bucks. Uh, I think it's going to be a good spot for him to, uh, to, to definitely play better. Awesome. All right. That does it for our Friday podcast, episode 13 of gambling with gold. Uh, just a reminder again, Aaron Jones, Deandre Swift jerseys, all you have to do is subscribe to the podcast, then DM us at Champions Round on Instagram, and you are automatically eligible for those two signed jerseys. So until next week, Dan, have a great weekend. Hope you win no all, all your bets. And yes, sir. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.